coming up next on The Health Hustle. I love what what Napoleon Hill says in Think and Grow Rich. He's like, you can take all of the money away from some of the wealthiest people in the world. They will find a way to have it back in their hands again. There, if I was to lose, see, I don't even think in terms of losing, and I call it shedding now. So I don't even say losing anymore because in losing my freedom, I discovered my freedom. So I had too many examples of my life where, oh my God, I'm losing and I'm in prison. I lost my girlfriend and I lost this and I lost this and I lost this. Only for me to be still for long enough to realize how much power I gave to things outside of me. Only to remember, oh my God, I gave all my power away. So did I lose everything or was I reminded of everything so the power can come back here so when I lived in my car I mean when I was in the highest one of the highest levels in modeling on billboards all over the world and then I lost it all I'm like oh my god how am I in this situation again and then I got into music and I was the next to blow on the underground I was like Bruno Mars before Bruno Mars even existed you're like you're the next to blow on all these websites and blogs and everything and then I lost it all and then I came into self-development healing spiritual spiritual healing 10 days 10 days, in the, I mean, five days in the dark, 10 day silent retreats, doing mastery and transformation training, landmark insight, and all these different methodologies only for me to realize I'm like, oh, I actually never lost anything because it's, if everything is creation, that was creation taking away from creation and creation giving back to creation. And when you're operating from the different game and the different frequency, you start noticing things way differently that don't hit you in the same way. So if I'm the noticer and not the victim, I get to assign whatever vocabulary I want it as well. So when I was in the shedding process, I knew that I was being shedded for the next level of my life. Hey folks, and welcome to the Health Hustle of Austin, Texas. On this show, we uncover the big ideas from your fellow health and fitness entrepreneurs in the Austin, Texas area about how they built their business and the lessons they learned along the way. What's up, y'all? Corey here, and what a treat and honor to bring on Garen Jones onto the show. It is somebody that I have admittedly been pinging for a while, and it's kind of been months since I've been able to actually get him onto the show. And the fact that I was finally able to drag him into the studio and get him on was so much fun for me. And just to give you a little context of Garen's bio. So Garen is an author, a speaker, a facilitator who is dedicated to helping you awaken your inner artist and tap into the abundance frequency. He has a best-selling book called Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life, which teaches you how to lead an extraordinary life without any regrets. Garen has a powerful personal journey spanning from near-death experiences at four years old, juvenile detention in his teens, a prison sentence, music career in Los Angeles, including record deals with Ludacris and Def Jams. He was homeless for a while and has most recently become one of the most sought after personal transformative speakers. I can definitely highlight that. He's an incredible speaker and he has been featured in media worldwide, including Forbes, Impact Theory. His story was told in National Geographic documentary, Locked Up Abroad, which shared the journey of his prison sentence in France. And Garen's Awaken the Artist Within Retreat is attended by billionaires, CEO, and industry leaders. And he actually has uh, his newest retreat is coming up from May 18th to May 22nd. 
highly, highly recommend it. I'll drop the information for that in the show notes. Some of the things that we get into on this episode specifically, though, are the differences between being a thought leader and a results leader, where he learned his hustle, which is a little tip here, it's from his mom, actually. Three things you should be hustling on, finding your community, creating what you wish existed, or aka scratching your own itch, staying focused, becoming a superhero, tapping into your inner child, Garen's unique superpowers, fear and faith, collapsing time, and so much more. I can't even begin to tell you how fun of an episode this was. There are so many knowledge bombs that I'm going to be pulling so many clips out of over the next weeks here that just listen to the whole episode. I can't say enough good things about it. One last thing, if you're a health or fitness professional and you're having difficulties getting leads, I have a free seven-step process that walks you through how to convert your social media following into paying clients. You can find the link in the description of this episode. Without further ado, let's go. Karen Stefan Jones, welcome to the show. How you doing, brother? I am absolutely fabulous. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming in for this. I uh, I was riding my e-bike here in the rain just to make this happen. So yeah, this is commitment. Let's do it. <laughs> so where I want to start with you is that I, I feel like anyone who wants to find your story can find a lot of it on the internet from other shows that you've been on, YouTube channels, social media. Like you are a very open, vulnerable human, and people yeah. can find out so much information about you. And so, like, how I want to take kind of a unique angle on this conversation and this show is really all those parallels of this insane life that you've lived up until this point and how those have tapped into just always being a hustler and now a very successful business owner. And so, where I want to start with this is literally from day one of like, where do you feel like that first experience with quote unquote like life slash entrepreneurship started for you? And like, what age yeah. were you and what did that look like? Well, I'll tell you, um, there are thought leaders and people who call themselves thought leaders. And then there's result leaders. And these are people who actually produce results. I'm one of those. Um, but it started early on when uh, my mom would not buy me a pair of Jordans. And I was literally five, five, I was six years old. And they were 140 something dollars. She was like, I don't have that kind of money. You know, and she goes, and she's like, whenever you can make your own money, you can buy whatever you want. I don't know what it was about those words. Make my own money. I can buy whatever I want. Their birth, the unconscious entrepreneur before I even knew what entrepreneur was. So at five years old, I started coming up with ways to make my own money. So my mom has this running joke. She was like, Garen, you never took no for an answer. You'd go from door to door asking if you can cut people's lawns. If they said no, you'd ask to wash their car. They said no, you'd have a lemonade stand down the corner and people working for you. And there was just like, you just never took no for an answer. But I don't think she realizes she's the one who birthed the monster because she wouldn't just give me an easy life. Mm. She unconsciously made me work for it and create. And there's a lot of people that just get handed things. I don't want my child to ever have to work. Yes. And you're aiding in their weakness later on in life. And so because I wanted those Jordans so bad, that was the unconscious bigger vision for me. So whatever it took to create the outcome that I wanted, thank you, mom, for teaching me how to develop the skill set of a 
massively successful entrepreneur long before I knew what the word was. So that's where it started. Five years old, six years old, seven years old. So if you can, and in every business I've ever been in, I've always been the top seller. But when you think about why is um, Khabib Nurmagomedov in MMA, why was he so good? He never lost a, uh, he never lost a match. He'd been wrestling bears and, and, and wrestling since he was four years old. So you can clearly see the difference in somebody that's just trying something than somebody where it's a part of their nature. Mm. So as I connect the dots looking backwards, I'm like, why have I always been the top salesman even when I worked at Nine West Women's Shoe Store? Why was I the top salesman at age 17 years old? It, it was because of the, the, the unconscious skill set of I wasn't afraid of no. I wasn't afraid of rejection. I grew through my nose and earned my powerful yes. Or was I always focused on the yes, so I never really heard the no's? That is when it was birth, five years old. That's a beautiful story, man. What I like most about it is that at such a young age, you built up a thicker skin to be able to deal with that. Because like most people, even walking around today, still can't deal with that level of rejection. No. Oh my God, they said no to me. This must not be aligned in the stars. Or you can do it at, to the point of what's super uncomfortable, uncomfortable for you and learn more about yourself rather than the lack thereof. And you just be in the same pity party your entire life in many different variations and genres of the things that show up in your life. Did you ever get the Nikes for the record? Oh, I 100% got the Nikes. <laughs> and they were like, yo, how did you get those Nikes? And then one day I, 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 I got really clever and I, I, uh, I think I was in seventh grade. I was like, mom, I want these patent leather uh, uh, baby blue and white uh, Jordans. These things were like 160. She was like, when you can buy your, and then it reactivated the thing. Mm. The only thing was, is that's when I started like breaking in the thing. So I never was taught the healthy disciplines. I was just taught whenever you can make your own money, you can buy whatever you want. So I broke into the neighborhood, uh, by the way, sorry, uh, Sorry, Missouri City. It was me who broke into the neighborhood recreation center that had all the candies, blow pop, pixie sticks, um, uh, Snickers, bubble gum, all that stuff. I broke into there and stole all the candy and sold it at school. And within two days, I had the money to buy the patent leather uh, baby blue Jordans. I skipped first and second period just because they came out and I knew they were going to sell out, went to the, found a ride to go to the mall. I think I got a taxi with the money that I had uh, gotten, went to the mall, waited in line. And I was the first person at school with the patent leather, baby blue Jordans. Well, how'd you get that? I was like, mom, you said when I can make my own money. Mm -hmm. And I became popular because I was the first person to get the patent leather, baby blue Jordans. I want to pull back on that a little bit because you obviously had the skill set of relentlessness which I'm curious as to maybe where that comes from, because I think a lot of people could hear those same words of when you make your own money. And a lot of people hear that and then they just don't, right? They, yeah. They don't actually take the initiative to go and make their own money. So you have a degree of relentlessness, but you also had this 
at this point in your life, lack of character of like how you're willing to basically yeah. make the money or get the things. So like sort of two questions there of one is like, where does the relentlessness come from? And then eventually I feel like we'll get into like the character development behind that. Yeah. It actually, again, comes from my mom. My mom would always, I'd be like, mom, um, I need new school clothes. I need this. She was like, I don't have any money. And somehow within a week, We'd always have the school clothes, whether it came from garage sales, whether it was new. She would always find a way to have the things that she said that she couldn't afford. And I couldn't figure out how. She just would figure it out. So I came up with a hustling mom before I knew what hustling was. I can't afford it. So this is my pattern. I can't afford it. I'm going to figure out how. And then I'm going to get the thing that I said I originally can't afford. So what I grew up saying, oh, man, I don't have the money now, but I'm going to figure out a way. So my mom was my she was like my silent mentor before I knew what that was. That was uh, uh, domesticating the pattern of even if I don't have it, I'm going to figure out a way to get it. Mm. And still to this day, my mom has the same personality. My mother has been a hustler my whole life. So she taught me just through pure example mm. how to get what you want even when you don't have it. Because she would always show up with it. I was like, okay, cool. Then that's part of my, my, my patterning. This is very fitting for the show. The show's called The Health Hustle. So I love that. Is your mom, now that you've officially retired her, correct? Yeah, is she 2015. St- is she still a hustler? My mom was... Once a hustler, always a hustler. That's what I was thinking. thinking, You don't just lose that. (laughs) You don't lose that. And here's the thing. Everybody's actually a hustler. They just put their hustle in the wrong energy. Mm. So I call it energy transmutation. So the same person who broke into 62 cars in one night and each car was a felony and I went to juvenile for it, the same person who was sleeping with all those different girls and going to different clubs and, and, and um, just like, oh, I'm gonna get this girl and I'm gonna get this girl. And it became this game. The same person who broke into all of those houses and doing all those, the same person who cheated on all those tests successfully is also the same person that is in, in, inspiring and empowering millions of people all over the world directly and indirectly. I just, once I became aware I gr- I realized that that was just energy that needed a different home. So I call it energy transmutation, taking the same energy that you be- that you hustle in and then shifting the energy in a completely different direction. And I'm successful in the direction where I put my energy. But you can't you can't change what you're not aware of. So most successful hustlers don't even realize that they're hustling in negativity, mm-hmm. hustling in insecurity hustling in smallness, hustling in um, unworthiness, hustling in porn, hustling in, in uh, putting money over people, hustling in work, 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 work to mask who they really are inside. All that is a hustle and you're massively successful at it. Mm. So what happens if you realize that that energy could go in a direction of your life that can actually move mountains? But most people will not be aware and they'll go to their death like that. So this is why I do the work that I do so that I can be the flying example 
of what that looks like and you can't be what you can't see or feel. That is such an incredible reframing for me right now of that idea that we're all a hustler in something. We're all obsessing over something. We're all spending our time and energy with something. We all have certain thought patterns that are ruminating on something. It's just being conscious enough to be aware of what those things are and directing them towards the correct things. So as somebody who obviously teaches a lot of people about that exact same principle, if you were to give somebody a piece of advice of maybe like the top three things to hustle on, to focus on, to obsess over, what would you maybe tell them? <laughs> Number one and definitely uh, most important is becoming a better version of yourself because you will not ever outwork your level of self-development no matter how much you try to fool yourself. I have clients that are worth $600 million face down, palms in their palms, crying, saying, I, I, I don't. It's all work, but I've lost myself. So I've seen the whole spectrum and I've been a lot of the spectrum. I realize that the truly happiest people and more the most free people, they work harder on themselves than they do on their job. So if you don't hustle for a better version of yourself, if your work goes out ahead of your level of self-development, I promise you, because it's law, your money will eventually come back and match you, who you really are, deep down on the inside when the truth shows up and nobody is around. If you, even if you went to fucking Pluto, you will meet a Martian that reminds you of the same thing that you've been trying to run away from. So when the outside is a direct reflection of the inside, now you're, you're moving with nature's laws and not man-made laws. So I would hustle on being a better version of yourself. That's number one. Number two, I would hustle on creating a game of life that you actually like playing. And there's a lot of times they're like, man, yeah, but I'm just so overwhelmed and I'm so tired. And, and I, I, this, this job, I don't know, but it, 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 it pays the bills and, and I'm just so stressed out and, 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 and anxiety and everything. And don't even realize that the, the, the reason why you stay at the job is because it provides cert, a certain levels of stability and the insurance that you get is the thing that is hooking you and you think you're making $50 an hour. No, it's costing your life because when you get stressed out, it's from the work that you're doing that's not in alignment with who you really are deep down on the inside. So if you are not hustling to align yourself with a life that you actually like playing, create a game that you actually like play playing, here's a guarantee. And I don't make a lot of absolutes, but here's a guarantee. You will die a physical death long before your spirit was ultimately meant to shine. Mm -hmm. And the cemetery is not where you see the most dead people. It's where you walk around every day and you encounter people with something that's died inside of them. So if you're not hustling to create a life that you actually love playing in, you will be the victim of somebody else's life, 100%. That's number two. Number three, 
um, there's this thing called uh, community and the people that you choose to surround yourself around. If you're not hustling to be around people who can pull out of you what you can't pull out of yourself and you're always the biggest fish in the room, you're always the smartest person in the room, here's a guarantee. You will fail the next years of your life because there's no room for you to learn and there's a lot of people because of whatever control aspect that they're living their life that they have to be the one to quietly feel needed uh, in those things. And if you're not needed, then it's like, oh man, well then I, I, I don't feel useful. And there's so many more conversations uh, that allows you to feel useful. But if you don't hustle to be in the kind of rooms that can pull out of you what you can't pull out of yourself, you will die a weed while you're standing alone trying to feel needed uh, and, and, and be wanted by so many people. Mm. Those are the three. <laughs> okay. Uh, I wouldn't, I'm not even going to try to recap that because <laughs> those were so good that I just feel like people need to just rewind and yeah. re, re go over those. Cause I know you're also just a big believer of, I'm going to butcher the way that you say this, but basically something along the lines of like, don't read a book to understand, read it to master it essentially. Yeah. And I, and I feel like that's one of those things is like those three pillars that you just hit on. If people really just took those and took the time to actually master those, yeah, not just hear them, right? I had a good buddy of mine on the show not that long ago, and he was talking about that there's a difference between um, hearing and listening. Mm -hmm. Basically, like hearing is something as, yeah, you heard the words that oh, Gary yeah, just spoke. You. Right. But listening is like, but did you adopt that? Mm -hmm. Did you apply it? Did Do you, you put comprehend? It? 100%. Yeah. So of for your personal life, though, in terms of that last point about the community and the mentorship and the people you surround yourself with, because I don't think there's anyone on this planet that disagrees that that is probably the biggest influence on your life. Yeah. How do you vet for something like that? How do you how do you decide on these people that you decide to put into your life or don't put into your life? Or like, how do you figure out where your people are? I remember I had uh, uh, unhealthy masculine relationships. I won't just leave it to the label of man, but I had very unhealthy masculine relationships simply because the masculinity energy in my life was, I wouldn't call it toxic because I don't believe in toxic masculinity. Uh, the masculine energy of my life was very unhealthy. Hmm. Yeah, it was just very unhealthy and just, just very negative ways on how they treat people. So I didn't have an example of a healthy masculine, healthy masculine in my mom, healthy masculine in my dad, healthy masculine in my brother. It just tends to be, I associate masculinity with man, especially as a little kid. And so when I moved to Austin, I started seeing a different iteration of man. And I was like, huh, I feel so triggered. I feel like I want to run away. I feel like I want to hide. That's why I'm going to lean in. And I looked at the construct of my life every time I've leaned in to the environments that triggered me the most, that's where the most growth actually took place. Damn. So instead of me being like, oh my God, oh, I don't like this person or this person, I have this, I have so much judgment, everything, but everything I was judging was the part of me that I'd even, I, I was judging about myself and they were the flesh version of it. So guess what? 
I partnered with uh, uh, Preston Smiles and, and Stefano Sifondos, and we created a men's group. So I created what I needed the most. Hmm. And I healed in rapid time because that was the community that I was around. And my core audience is not men. My core audience, the people that I sell to, the people that read my books, it's 90% powerful driven women. Whoa. Yeah. And I started learning more about myself just by being around Stephanos and how his example and being around Preston and certain aspects of his life that I was like, man, that's why it rubbed me the wrong way. I haven't even given myself to, to even learn about that aspect. And so the more, and this is where I met you. I met you during the deepest time of my healing when it comes to the masculine and when it comes to even being in the same vicinity of men where I wanted to run every day. And I leaned in. And every time I came home, my wife goes, keep hanging out with them. Hmm. I was like, why? She was like, because I feel like you come home a much better person <laughs> and you don't take certain things out uh, out on me. And I was like, oh, there's something here. <laughs> so I would say, look at the areas in your life that you try to overcompensate or when you're in certain environments that trigger you and then ask yourself, is it them or is there a part of me that I haven't yet addressed? And once you discover that, we'll start with one. Because most people run their whole lives. And wherever you go, you still got to take yourself with you. So you can't outrun yourself. No matter what city you go to, no matter what, if you change relationships, you change jobs, there you are with yourself. Find the, that, the, the environment. It's like, man, every time I go around this community or I go around these people or I see this person, there's something about them. Now ask, what about me? is causing that trigger and where inside of me am I not addressing? Now go find a community where you can be in a freaking you can be in a flower, a field of triggers and then lean into the lessons. Once you get the lesson, then you get the blessing mm. because the lesson is the blessing. I would say if you have that and you lean in like that and you pursue it like the wonderment of a child just noticing and being curious, not the adult, adults are deteriorated children. I'm talking about the wonderment of a, huh, I noticed this, I wonder this, huh. Every time I go around him, I'm, I just, I'm not vibing with him. What about him am I not vibing with and where inside of me have I not accepted? That there's a whole ceremony, there's a whole journey inside of there, and an enti entire world is when you walk through that door to more. Has anybody ever given you the name Mr. Freeze? This is gonna be a terrible joke. The reason is I know the ru the runner. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the reason I say that is because like you have uh, a proclivity to give people the chills. Because so much of what you're talking about right there totally just gave me the chills about that aspect of putting yourself into environments that, yeah, trigger you, make you uncomfortable and basically reveal things about yourself that don't maybe feel great in the moment, but you need more than anything else in the world. And I totally echo that statement of scratching your own itch, I think is a lot of, I feel like what you did with that, this community that you mm -hmm. built, the men's group, 
is like it was a something that you needed in your life and so you built it and you created it and you surrounded it around yourself. I leaned in and ran towards that and run away. I love that. Yeah. I I resonate with that so much. It's the same thing I've done here as another community that I'm building here in Austin as well with other people in the health fitness industry that are entrepreneurs and it's the exact same thing. It was like it didn't exist. I wanted to be around those people and then you just create it. And I think a lot of people could learn from that of like what are the things that you wish to see in the world? And if it doesn't exist, maybe that means you should be the one to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I've kind of done that pretty much all all my life. Even when I was breaking into cars, I, I was breaking into cars. Then all of a sudden there's like 15 people joining me. <laughs> I, before I knew what a leader and an influencer was, I was doing that. It, but somebody had to go first. When I was living in my car... $250,000 in debt, uh, mom dying in the hospital, girlfriend had just pretty, uh, that, that broke up with me. My daughter pretty much disowned me because I couldn't even take care of myself. And if you can't take care of yourself, it's difficult to take care of other people. Um, but there was this little voice inside says, Garen, go train people on the mountain and just create it. So I created gumbo, get up and move your butt operation. And I just started working out and motivating myself on a mountain. Next thing you know, I was posting it. This before what influencer followers, before I knew any of that was. And I was just posting on Twitter, hey, I'm, I'm going to be at this this mountain on Saturday. And then first Saturday, there was maybe six people. Then all of a sudden, through my consistency, all of a sudden, it turned into like 125 people within a month and a half. And it's because consistency is one of the highest forms of leadership. It's, you know, the, the, the reason why people go to convenient stores often because they're convenient. It's not like open Monday, close Tuesday, Wednesday, open Thursday, then close. It's like because there's that builds no trust. So when people are inconsistent with their life, when you're inconsistent with your diet, when you're inconsistent with your woman, when, it, when you're incons- inconsistent with your man, there, it builds no safety. It builds no trust. So that's why the other counterpart won't even show up because what are they showing up to? Mm. So because I showed up, regardless of my circumstances, so did a whole bunch of other people. So that's the same thing that happened even with the men, that's the same thing that's happening with my company, Artist Power now. Somebody had to show up for the kids inside of the adults over and over and over and over. So it makes sense why my company went from literally zero to two, 2.3 million within nine months. Hmm. And this is with no, no paid ads, no major celebrity shout outs. It makes sense because there's a void inside of our society of people coming from the essence of who they are truly deep down inside. Well, I don't see it. So I'm gonna create it. Hmm. How do you stay focused? Because I love what we're topping on right now. I was actually literally just writing a newsletter about this is that at the same time, it's becoming harder and harder to focus and to stay consistent on something. It's also becoming more and more valuable in our society at the exact same time. It's becoming more difficult and also more valuable. How do you stay focused and how do you even decide what to stay focused on? Um, me, I'm a, I'm a heart centered person. So if it doesn't connect to my heart, you get zero of my time. Damn. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, it's, I, I can see with, with. Thank you the, for being here. Yeah. <laughs> the, the so-called 
powers that be are doing to our society as we continue to separate as humans, mm. which is a great detriment to humankind. Um, so things that I associate with must connect from a heart um, centered place. And uh, so I say no to a lot of things and I feel in to things, not the type of feeling when somebody runs me off the road and they're like, oh my God, I wish, you know, it, there's a, a deeper sense of feeling, a deeper sense of knowing, a deeper sense of groundedness. So how I stay focused, because my level... Can I pause you for a second? Yeah, yeah. Before you get to that, what does that feel like, that, that heart feeling for you? What is Home. something... Okay. There's a sense of worthiness within myself not having to do anything to try to fit in within myself sense of grace sense of patience a sense of a sense of love uh, a sense of gratitude uh that wells up inside of me that i'm always guided i'm always protected i'm i'm aligned and that's what that feeling feels like and i'm trying to come up with words that describe something that happens in the spiritual realm that has no words. Mm. But the greatest thing is a sense of home without, need, without needing a house. And that can only come through the gateway of deep commitment and deep trust. Mm. So to answer your question, yeah. how I stay focused is my level of commitment and my level of deep trust in believing that every single word that comes out of my mouth, I'm not reaching. I'm not, I hope this, I hope people see this. And I, I hope there's no essence and no, no, no thread of any word that comes out of my mouth, even on this podcast, that I don't wholeheartedly believe in. So I got my reps in, I got this to my level of belief in myself, my level of commitment to this work and over a decade of beating on my craft, even when I was living in my car, there's people, they, they'll, they'll try it a time or two and then they'll call themselves a coach and then wonder why shit doesn't work out. It's because there's a difference between talent and skill. And there's a lot of talented people with no skill. And there's a lot of skilled people with no talent. I represent the talented, the skilled, and the skilled and talented simultaneously because of I got the reps in. So that goes into my level of commitment. And inside of that, it demagnetizes distractions. So according to your level of commitment, it unlocks the equal of its resistance and according to your level of deep trust, it either magnetizes the distractions or demagnetizes the distractions. So for those who get caught up in, in, in all these different things that go further and further away from the truth of who you really are and what you're really about in this world, I can have a two minute conversation with you and tell you if you're really about this life of commitment, I mean, within two seconds, within two minutes, because it, it gives off a specific frequency and an energy. Mm. And if you're not emanating that energy, I can always tell um, if you're really about the craft or you're, if you're blowing smoke up under people's ass and masking it a certain way. So for anybody listening to the show, 
are there things that maybe they could see in themselves or that we could help them through if they were in that situation where they're maybe working on a craft or working on a project or at a job or in a relationship or whatever it is that we could maybe ping them that would make them be like, maybe this isn't the path for you. Maybe this yeah. isn't the direction you should go. Here's the thing I would just ask is if what you're doing, something that you feel called to do, something that somebody told you, 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 you should do. If you're living in the should life, mm. I would 100% um, rearrange your priorities. If you're living in the called life, those who know, know who knows, there's nothing I need to share with you because you're already living it. And there's a difference between, oh, I think I should do this. And all these people tell me I should do this, so I'm going to do it. But in the quiet of your mind, you know that you should be doing something else mm. or you could be doing something else. I would say check that and don't let the quiet of your mind get the best of you because a penny that doubles every day for 31 days is over like $13 million or something like that. So the quiet of your mind that doubles every day for your entire life, you're born looking like your mother and father, but you'll die looking like your decisions. Oh, damn, dude. <laughs> so when you're living in your calling, I feel called, whether I make money or not, whether I have a project out or not, free or not, I cannot not do this. That, if that's not a priority, what are we doing here? Have you always been that way? I've always known that something like that was there. Because when you're a little kid, you don't say, oh, I feel called. Yeah. It's like something told me. That's, what, that's the language little kid. But I do know that when, you know, all little kids, the majority of them wanted to be something massive. I want to be the president of the United States. I wanted to be a rocketeer. It's always something massive. Pan out 20, 25 years from now. Now they're working a nine to five job for the majority of people out of security and fear to get paid less than their value and call another man uh, or a woman a boss. What happened? So I'll tell you, I always wanted to be a superhero. So when I was a little kid and we all, and I'm speaking to everybody out there, we all had something much bigger that we were tied to. I wanted to be stronger than the average man, have abs like an action figure, and save and change lives all over the world. When I got to middle school, what do you wanna be when you get older? I wanna be a superhero. When I got to high school, here's what I heard from people. What are you gonna do when you get in the real world? I wanna be a superhero, and I got laughed at. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they started taking on the pattern of what their moms or what they, what society deems as the great, you know, the, the, the American dream or their dads or it runs in the family, that whole thing. But deep down, deep down in, inside, what is it you really want to do? Take away the money, take away the fear, take away the failure, take away the location. Where would you be? What would you do? Why would you do it? If you haven't had that conversation let me tell you about the world's greatest abandonment. Most people think it's their mom and their dad. 
Oh, my dad abandoned me or my mom abandoned me. My dad didn't give me this love. The unconscious abandonment, the world's greatest abandonment, is when the little kid abandons their original love. Mm. And maybe they have manifested the reiteration of abandonment their whole entire life until you return back to that little kid. Hence, the work that I do with the inner child. How much of that work looks like just sitting in the presence of what that feels like when you were an inner child? Uh, can, you, can you reframe the question in a different way? So I'm just curious as to like, if somebody, I'm just thinking for the audience right now, if somebody was in that position of feeling that, I feel like a lot of people are in that position. I, I know Feeling for, what exactly? That they're not living in alignment with what their actual yeah. inner child wants or who they really ultimately want to be. I yeah. think a lot of people, right? Most people, I would argue. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking for them in regards to if somebody is sitting in that position of wanting to tap into that and that figure out what that looks like. I'm curious as to how somebody would work through something like that. Great question. I had a client who came to me, very successful business, amazing husband, amazing, amazing children, done amazing things in her life. She's like, Garen, something's missing. She's like something, I don't know, I have this and I have done this and I've had this and I got all these accolades, something's missing. My first question is, what did you used to love to do as a child that made you feel the most free or that's brought you so much joy to your life? And she was like, and by the way, shoulder hunched over, crying. And I said, what did you used to love to do as a child? She's like, I used to love to dance. Literally within one question mm. shifted into a different state i used to love the dance it's like what you used to love about dance it's like it just made me feel so free and all of a sudden her body starts doing this she comes in with her shoulders then all of a sudden one question 10 seconds later she's floating like this it just made me feel so free i was like what does freedom feel like it's like 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 time stops and and everything and and i was like when was the last time you danced she was like like 20 years ago damn i was like you have kids right she's like yeah what do you think would happen if your daughter, she has two daughters, one boy, if one of your daughters came up to you and said, mom, 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 listen to me. And you ignored that child for 20 years. What kind of, what kind of relationship you think you would have? Mm. She said, it wouldn't be one. I said, why? She said, because I didn't pay attention to her. I said, Correct. There would be no emotional closure. So you understand that, right? Let's just say, because I don't want to speak in absolutes. This is, uh, you know, I just pattern recognition in my life and I love to create games. Um, yeah, that, that's what makes life fun for me. And I recognize a pattern. Um, let's just say that the thing that you used to love to do as a child that brought you the most joy. Don't think about business. Don't think about spreadsheets. Don't think about how I can turn this into something. We're just talking about the element of the child. Maybe you may not remember this, so you might have to ask a brother, what did I used to naturally gravitate towards when I was a little kid? Or a mom or an auntie. She's, oh, you used to love, you just kept going the, to the guitar. Why'd you stop going to the guitar? She's like, when you broke it, we never got you another one. Mm. So I told her, 
So imagine that what you naturally gravitated towards that brought you so much joy is connected to your inner child, which is directly connected to source. It's like your spiritual umbilical cord to heaven. And every time you see someone dancing, every time you're running on the treadmill and a thought was like, oh, I should take myself dancing and you don't. Let's just say that's your inner child tapping on your spirit saying, mom, 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 dad, dad, listen to me, listen to me. And you ignored that child for 20 years. What do you think the relationship is going to be like? And she's bawling. I said, it produces the same thing internally as if you had a physical child and you ignored that child for 20 years because there wouldn't be an alignment from your physical self to your spiritual self. So you'll be so far out of alignment like something is missing. And she's like, that's why it would be difficult to be a bird that's trying to be an alligator. But when a bird is a bird that doesn't even know that it's a bird and it's utilizing everything that's already inside of it, flight, flight takes place. So when we as human beings are using, discovering everything that's already inside of us, our version of bearing fruit is love, abundance, generosity, uh, our version of flight is flow, uh, ease, like how nature flows. It's law. So if you couldn't abide by that law, I know there's a lot of people that's like, I'm fighting for my freedom. Listen, you can't fight for something you can only give to yourself. I know firsthand what it's like to give myself freedom while I was in prison for two and a half years serving a 12-year sentence. So I felt more free in prison and that's why the law had to release me because I was abiding by nature's laws, not man's laws. As somebody who had always wanted to be a superhero, yeah. I'd be curious as to what you feel like your superpower is now. Resilience, the ability to, when people, I don't want to say encounter me because it's operating from the human. When people encounter uh, my vessel, they feel more free. They feel like they can take on the world. They feel like they have permission to be themselves. And so one of my many superpowers is permission to be yourself. Mm. That's one. Two, the ability to take rock bottom, take trauma and turn it into music notes in this world-like symphony of healing and uh, be an example for the voiceless or the parts of you that you haven't yet given a voice. And, uh, number three is I'm such a good friend. Mm. I'm a really good friend. There's a lot of assholes out there. They start making all this money and it, you can always tell who got like no money and they have, they, 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 they don't have the basic fundamentals to be a great human. And it's possibly because there's not a lot of examples that are highlighted that are great humans. Mm. The people who are highlighted are shitty people. I'm a really good friend. 
Like I really care whether you pay me money, whether you don't pay me money. I really deeply care. And I say that were the diamonds that was squeezed and shaped and molded through my life of uh, mining for uh, the Garen version of diamonds. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's one of the reasons I love Austin so much, honestly, is that I feel like this is a town where I've adopted a lot of those type of people, people that I genuinely consider very close friends and have insane amount of love and compassion for, which is so unique to where I feel like I grew up. I'm originally from Minnesota. And so my question for you is like, and this isn't a conversation I've ever had on this podcast episodes or yeah. show. So thank you for bringing so much of this stuff to light for me. But what does that mean to be a good friend to you? Like, what do those things look like? And what are the people that you really seek out in terms of like the characters of those people? So, um, practicality, um, I don't put people on pedestals mm. like there's that I have friends that are billionaires where everybody else get that they get caught up in all the charades. I'm focused on the little kid the entire time, literally the entire time. And they know that it's something different. And so how can I support you in amplifying what you what you're already creating. I'm not thinking about how can I position myself so I can be on their podcast. How can I, you know, I used to be that so I know what it looks like. Mm. Now I'm like, how can I amplify what they're already doing? How can I, um, how can I show up in such a way where you feel seen, heard, and acknowledged for the for the specimen? Uh, for the, ma- the the magical human that you are. And there's enough takers out there, but there are not enough givers. And uh, we weren't created to be takers. That's why we have holes all over our body. It's giving sweat, giving throw up, giving secrets, giving love, giving everything. We're designed to be givers. So when people don't understand that law, they defy the, I mean, they, 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 um, they deny the laws of nature and nature is how all of this is happening. So, but when you abide by those laws, you benefit from nature's resources. So a good friend is genuinely caring, loving, hearing, um, noticing the unnoticeables, loving the unlovable part of you, uh, not living in judgment, or, or, or projecting. And when I decide that I want to be in someone's uh, life, if there's not a, I'm not, I'm not trying to find like funny ways. It's a natural process. Mm. And I think that there's not a lot of examples of great friends. So I, I don't fault people for not knowing I had I had to learn the hard way because I was such a shitty friend I was such a shitty friend and I saw what my life looked like so being a great friend and seeing my enriched relationships I see what life looks like and the difference is like night and day so genuinely caring like when somebody says to me Karen I noticed that you you uh kept looking I, I oh I noticed how much time you spend 
um, uh, uh, with your daughter, uh, uh, um, showing her just like um, uh, uh, dances because she naturally dances and clearly that's something that you care about. I saw this, um, that they had this thing for toddlers when it comes to dancing and I wanted to, to send you the link. Maybe you might want to take baby soul there. Hmm. See, so like go out of your way mm-hmm. for something that I love. Hmm. Oh, oh, that feels so good. <laughs> it, it just feels so good. And I, I, I don't care who you are deep down inside. People want to feel seen. They want to feel heard. There's an element of feeling celebrated and acknowledged, which, which just ultimately makes people feel seen for who they really are. Totally. If you were to lose everything, the money, again, the money, yeah, the money three times for me. Okay, well then this should be an easy answer. It's not any. It's not going to be an easy answer. But I'm going to be curious either way. But so yeah. So like, if you were in that scenario again of losing the relationship, the money, the house, the family, the friendships, the business, losing it all. Yeah. What would be the first thing you would do in that scenario? That's a, there's a loaded answer to this because, um, I love what, um, what Napoleon Hill says in think and grow rich. He's like, you can take all of the money away from some of the wealthiest people in the world, they will find a way to have it back in their hands again. Hmm. There, if I was to lose, see, I don't even think in terms of losing, and I call it shedding now. So I don't even say losing anymore because in losing my freedom, I discovered my freedom. So I had too many examples of my life where, oh my God, I'm losing. I'm in prison. I lost my girlfriend and I lost this and I lost this and I lost this. Only for me to be still for long enough to realize how much power I gave to things outside of me. Mm. Only to remember, oh my God, I gave all my power away. So did I lose everything or was I reminded of everything so the power can come back here? So when I lived in my car, I mean, when I was in the highest, one of the highest levels in modeling on billboards all over the world, and then I lost it all. I'm like, oh my God, how am I in this situation again? And then I got into music and I was the next to blow on the underground. I was like Bruno Mars before Bruno Mars even existed. You're like, he's the next to blow on all these websites and blogs and everything. And then I lost it all. And then I came into self-development, healing, spiritual, spiritual healing, 10 days 10 days in the, I mean, five days in the dark, 10 day silent retreats, doing mastery and transformation training, landmark insight, and all these different methodologies only for me to realize I'm like, Oh, I actually never lost anything because it's, if everything is creation, that was creation taking away from creation and creation giving back to creation. And when you're operating from the different game and the different frequency, you start noticing things way differently that don't hit you in the same way. So if I'm the noticer and not the victim, I get to assign whatever vocabulary 
I want it as well. So when I was in the shedding process, I knew that I was being shedded for the next level of my life. There's no question you have a very unshakable mindset, my friends. What's your biggest fear? One of my biggest fears You see, I don't spend a lot of time there yeah, because I lived in fear for so long. Mm. And it's like oil. If you wanted to get oil out of the cup, you don't like, you don't try to pull it because the malleable, the, the malleability, if that's a word, it's it, the substance. You can't pick the oil up. Mm. If you want to get the oil out, you keep pouring more water in. So let's just say oil is fear and let's just say water is faith. I have so much belief that fear is not a part of my vocabulary anymore. It is when I'm working with other people, but I don't even call it fear. I call it training. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And as a high level athlete who ran track, Anything that comes up that emits the frequency of what humans call fear, I'll say, thank you, coach, for my next training session. <laughs> Everything is a perspective of how you look at it. 100%. Everything. So I'll be like, coach, thank you for making me better. Mm. Thank you for, because I remember when I was an asshole in practice, I was one of the fastest kids in the nation. And I'm like, oh man, why do you have to give us like 10 back-to-back 200s? Oh man, I would complain. It makes sense why I never made it to the Olympics. Mm. Because I didn't understand what I was being shaped and groomed for. But because I understand what I'm being shaped and groomed for, How else is the universe going to get my attention if it's not connected to my heart? And if I have a big dream, big prayer, big wish, big desire, it will unlock the equal of its resistance. If you go in the desert and then put up a two liter bottle, it instantly casts a shadow. So the shadow, people try to get rid of the shadow. They try to get rid of the ego. They try to get rid of all these things. And don't even realize that's your training partner. So this is why even a lot of people in the medicine space have to keep going back into that world. And I love plant medicine. However, not to dissolve my ego. Mm. Because you don't even realize that if you don't learn how to alchemize that energy, there are certain levels of durability and resilience you don't get a pass for. Mm. So if you want this kind of certificate, the only way out is through, through the resistance, through training camp, through preseason. So when you get in the Super Bowl, you're not learning the Super Bowl while you're in it. You're already trained up, skilled up, and there's team spirit and there's loyalty and there's love. There's so many different elements. I've been on every, almost every team I've ever been on is a championship winning team. Not because of me, but I just happen to be a part of, and I've been on one losing team enough for me to see the difference in how people show up. 
and how the team goes and a bunch of t- talented people that don't work together and a bunch of non-talented people that work together that are loyal and there's the energy that precedes all the people mm. and that's when they all work in cohesiveness so you know that was a, a long way to answer a very loaded it's it's very loaded and i really want people to grasp there's so much more to so much more and if you make yourself privy to to the wonderment of a child and the seeking of a child my daughter opens up every single cabinet what's this what's this oh my god this that this and i'm like oh my god thank you baby soul for teaching me how to be in the one wonderment of a child again Mm. i would say start there yeah I feel like the overlap that I'm seeing and a lot of what you're talking about is between fear and triggers is something that I would associate a lot with because I think exactly to your point, I remember learning this from Michael Singer, if you're familiar with him, he, mm-hmm. um, he was talking about how those triggers or those fears is basically, it's an opportunity to... I was just about to call them doorways of opportunity. That's exactly what they are, right? Is that they're pointing out something in you that you probably didn't recognize before, and now you have the chance to look at it and go, oh, that's interesting. Like, why why am I afraid of this? Or why does this trigger me? Or why does this hurt me? Or what is the thorn that this is attached to that I can now address and deal with? And I feel like that's so much of what you're talking about is like, lacking not 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 lacking the fear but seeing that as a way of like thank you for the opportunity to see what's going on in my life um i have a round of rapid fire questions for you are you ready yep it's whatever the first thing is that comes to mind okay what's your best business advice follow your heart and stay right there what's your favorite part about entrepreneurship the ability to create and recreate the ability to lead and relead and move out of the way so others can lead with a sense of freedom and expression. When are you the most productive? 4.30 in the morning. I knew you were going to say that. Who is your inspiration? The future version of myself. Tell me one secret about you or something just most people don't know about you. Mm, one secret about me that most people don't know. Um, I love room temperature Twizzlers, um, and and uh, uh, I mean because, because they're a soft bat, they're a softer batch, and room temperature orange Gatorade. Though I don't eat either of them, I quietly love them. <laughs> I feel like there's an inner child behind one of oh, those. Oh, hundred percent. What's your best marketing advice? When you get your hands dirty and you really are in the mud with it and you're not afraid to to be messy and explore you will learn the secrets of the universe inside of that messy because it's all art the artist way man uh what would you change about yourself nothing (laughs) What's your favorite app or resource that you're using right now? 
running uh, my morning meditation, my resource. It's I wake up 4.30 in the morning and I just go and run five to 10 miles breathing every three steps. I breathe through my nose, breathe out of my nose, and that works on my life force and just trains me to to be very present and grounded in the world. That is that my when I run, mountains move. I don't run for exercise. I don't run for abs. I run because it, it, it's like my human version of starting my car's engine. Do you run every single day? Yep. When's the last time you, well, you injured yourself not that long ago. Yep. So you had to take some time off from there. And it was a ceremony. I bet. Oh, I bet you learned a lot from that. Oh, so much. Damn. So interesting how the my new company, Artist Power, was birthed from that. Ugh. From me sitting still long enough to realize that all the things that I gave power away to, I'm like, oh, this is how I felt when I was in prison. Mm. Oh, I remembered I had stopped running. I stopped doing all the things that brought me the most joy when I was a child. And so something needed to remind me, Garen, wrong way. Damn, dude. When were you the happiest? Right now. What's your favorite part about Austin and you can't say the people? Um, the frequency and energy of family. Your family or all family? Family, period. People move here for family. They mo I lived in L.A. for 21 years. They moved there for opportunity. So people are there's a programming of opportunity, which is why a lot of couples don't last because they're moving there under opportunity here. A lot of people move here for family. So when people say, Hey, let's do lunch, they actually mean it. I didn't know what some of my multi-million dollar, huge fortune 500 friends did till after two months of me hanging out with them. And then through that, we were able to build a business through the energy and foundation of family. Damn. I love that so much. You, you're using a word that I don't express a lot here in town, but now that you say it, I can so heavily see exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I have one last question. Before I ask that question, though, I just want to acknowledge you, Garen, honestly, for, for showing up today, for being authentic, for being true, for helping millions of people, from bringing your inner child, for helping other people find their inner child, for giving value in so many unique ways from dancing to expression to speaking to podcasting and everything in between and for being honestly an inspiration to a lot of people so mm. thank you i received that thank you so much brother and i want to acknowledge you for being brave enough to um reach out to people that you want to have a conversation with follow up with people that you want to have a conversation with and then follow up again and then being brave enough to um, create a platform for stories like mine and some of you out there um, uh, for our stories to have wings. So may your life and, and your businesses and anything that you create be enriched a hundred thousand times over because of your willing to uh, serve to humanity, brother. Thank you. I received that. You're welcome. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I ask my last question, what's your plug? Where can people find you? I know you have a retreat coming up here next yeah. month, right? May 18th through the 22nd. There's 20 spots left of a 70 person retreat. It's here in, 
in Austin, Texas. Um, I rented out the Lucky Arrow in Dripping Springs. Uh, was in Dripping Springs and one of the most powerful retreats in the country. And so whether it's un, 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 unblocking your ability to, to be in flow or your creative, creative capacity, intimacy, uh, money blocks, and really tapping into the joy and, and, and frequency of the little kid inside of you, the curated environment that me and my team create is such a safe space um, for people to uh, to come into and authentically be themselves without having to to, to need to put up a mask, judgment free zone. Um, so that's what we're creating, and um, it will be a thousand times worth any level of money that you're investing. And I'm very well aware of this. So. Whoever shows up is the perfect people for who's looking for that truly. And when this episode comes out, it'll be a couple of weeks away. Yeah. And so it'll be in the show notes. Highly recommend it. It's, it's I can't say enough good things about Garen and his community and what he's built and <clears throat> the other leaders in his group. And yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. Highly recommend it to people. And uh, some final questions. So a yep. lot of people that listen to this show are business owners, aspiring business owners, specifically in Austin, Texas, who you're speaking to the perfect community for something like this. Yep. If you were to start over from a business standpoint, yep. from ground zero, and you were to essentially want to build so much of what you built today, yep. from the community and the coaching and everything that you've done, it's really whatever your best piece of advice is. Like, What's maybe the best piece of advice you could give to someone in that position, aspiring business owner or a business owner of like wanting to build something beautiful like you have? What would you tell them? Well, one, um, a lot of people hit and miss when it comes to business because they're, they're, they're like, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try this. I'm just more about efficiency. And um, I think uh, like Tank Davis, the, 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 the fighter, just fought Ryan Garcia. And then he said to, to um, Ryan said to Tank, he goes, he was like, man, you have the lowest lowest rate of punches and he was like i'm also the most efficient and so <laughs> he doesn't need to throw all those punches to have the most efficiency so um there's a lot of people trying things and here's uh i love teaching people how to collapse time if you write down things that you love to do write down five things that you love to do and then five skill sets that you feel like you can confidently say, I'm really good at this. Find a way to get in any avenue that represents something where they overlap, something that you love to do and something that you're really good at. Because something that you love to do and that you're really good at, there is no amount of money anybody can, uh, can pay you to do something that becomes natural to you. I would say, find that, find that quickly. Even if it means you're working a nine to five job, but you're a little bit closer to the thing that you love to do and that you're really good at because you don't have to go to that job. You can go to 
your vision and learn everything there is about that job, about the boss, about what you want, what you don't want. And so many different things they are like, man, I'm just working for a paycheck. I'm like, man, this other dude working at McDonald's and this other person is working at McDonald's. One of them is working for the paycheck. The other one is like, yo, I'm going to own a chain of restaurants one day. So I might as well learn from the chain of restaurants that I'm working at. Hmm. And they learn all these different things. Who do you think is going to turn out? The one who's just working for a check or the one who actually has a plan. So I would say create a plan. If you have to work at a nine to five job so that you can learn certain skill sets that people pay hundreds and thousands of dollars for. I literally have a program right now where somebody follows me for an entire year, $300,000 to be my apprentice. Or you can learn certain skill sets working a nine to five job. You know, there's people that pay me six figures for one-on-one session for 12 sessions and I get that easily. If you don't have the money, find in whatever work that you're doing, am I developing my skill set of what's taking me further towards my dreams? And is this closer to something that I love to do? If you have that, you'll have a major ingredient to never work a day in your life. And if you never have to work a day in your life because you're loving what you do and you're really skilled at it, people will always pay you because the resonant frequency that's inside of your body will create much separation to someone who's just showing up for money. It's exactly why I do this podcast show, man. It's totally, that's totally me. Those yeah. align so much in so many ways for me. Thank you. Appreciate you being on the show. Brother, Appreciate thank you, you for brother. the opportunity. For sure. Hey, friend. Thanks for listening to the show. And if you have any feedback for me about the show or any other guests that you'd want to see in the show, definitely shoot me a message. I love engaging with my audience and figuring out how I can provide the best value possible to the people listening to this show. Before you go, I only have one ask of you, and that would be to check out my 3 Tips Tuesday newsletter. It's three marketing tips every Tuesday specifically for the health and fitness entrepreneur to help them attract new leads. If you press the link in the description, it'll take you directly to the archive of all my previous newsletters, and you can decide for yourself if it's something for you. If you end up finding it helpful, you can just sign up for the newsletter and you'll get it in your inbox every Tuesday. Thanks again and keep hustling my friends.